Welcome, everyone, to the Say It Ain't So. We have an emergency pod we're dropping. You know, you're seeing this right after the doc, minutes after it's been released. Say It Ain't So, we got together. We all watched the doc, minutes, and we're just going to pump out content for you guys. You know, we we just watched the doc. It's Sunday night. It's 11 o'clock, and we're just going to give our thoughts on it. It was an awesome doc, in my opinion. We'll just start with initial impressions from you guys. It's pretty fire. I think it's very interesting. Obviously, like, I feel like our generation, like, no, obviously knows who Michael Jordan is, but, like, we don't, like, know that, like, the nitty-gritty stuff. It's pretty interesting to see, like, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on during the two historic runs. Yeah, like, we can, like, do all the research and shit that we can, but, like, at the end of the day, we didn't know. Like, I learned so much from this. I'm sure you guys did, too. Like, we can't know everything about the 90s Bulls when we were not even, like, alive at that point. So it was sick to just see, like, all the in-between, like, I didn't know so much about this. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I just thought like I learned a ton from the first two episodes. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about Jerry Krause and uh, the way that he handled the team and the fact that he pretty much wanted to like rebuild after winning, I think, like two championships in a row in the second part, which is kind of crazy. It's like, most, it's like the most Oakland Athletics thing I've ever heard. So we should probably start with that. Like the or the doc, it's kind of, all over the place in terms of like its linear progression like they cut from his college days to his rookie year to family life to the last uh year but so it starts off i think with highlighting like jerry Krause, and he's just this fat small guy beta weasel yeah he's a fucking weasel he tried to ruin this dynasty i don't know you guys give more impressions on him yeah, he's going to be viewed as, like, the uh, main villain of this doc. He's going to be, you know, Twitter's going to shit on him. Twitter yeah, already Twitter's, is. Twitter's going to shit on him for a few weeks here. But I think a lot of people are going to neglect, you know, he, he he was the architect of this team. He got these guys around Michael Jordan. He built it. You know, he made that draft uh, that draft night trade for Scottie Pippen. He brought in Dennis Rodman. He made all these moves for the team. So, like, while it is going to be funny for everyone to shit on him, uh, with like the little man complex and all that shit, because he stands in at about a legit five four is what I'm gathering from watching this. Everyone's gonna be shitting on him, but I think uh, we can't forget that uh, he did put this team together. So like, I think there's gonna be a lot of people uh, like just shitting on his qualifications of running the team, and I don't think that's necessarily fair. He 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 was a solid GM before he decided to uh, well like while also being just like a complete beta. Yeah, I think we just gotta we gotta recognize that. Yeah, I think his main problem was that he just like. Like they mentioned multiple times, like he wanted the credit for building the team when he wasn't like the guys out, like he wasn't on the court, like he wasn't making in-game decisions or anything. He was just building the team around them. And at that point, like once, once like the balls tipped off us in the player score, like it doesn't matter anything that he's done at that point. So, and really that 97, 98 season really proves that like once like he got that team together, like they didn't need him for anything really. Yeah, that's it's because like GMs and like basketball is just all about the stars. It's not about the coaches, the front office. Everyone knows the stars. The casual fans can't even name 15, 20, like the GMs in this league. So for a GM to like expect all the credit when you have like Michael Jordan, like a top player of all time, it's just unrealistic to think that way. Where are we getting this idea that you want all the credit? Because one person said it in the documentary. I, mean, I yeah. think it, it is like completely like fabricated for the sake of the documentary's uh, narrative. He made a statement that was twisted, and then they twisted it again into him wanting all the credit. What actually happened compared to the narrative of the documentary is slightly different here. 
never once did he claim that he deserved credit for the like Bulls dynasty. Just to be clear, it about seemed what like happened. everyone deserves credit. Like yeah, everyone ought to. Just to be credit. clear, he just didn't want to give the players all the power when they were entering like free agent negotiations. Pretty good yes, GM. Sounds that. like a pretty good GM to me. No, but yeah, so bitch. the way that the doc portrays him though is as the complete villain. Because even if you're on his side for that, which is very realistic, because yeah, he was misquoted and all that shit. But then they make him seem even worse because he tried to tear this team apart, and that was kind of an ego-driven move. And that's what makes like it just generates a ton of hate towards this guy. Docs like this, they need polarization. It's great for Twitter and for everyone who's watching to just have a constant guy to shit on, and that's what he served as in the stock. Um. So the but the thing is, like at the end of the day, he did try and like get rid of all these players, like while they're in midst of like a championship run, right? Well, there's there's it. at that point at that point there had only been one three peat to ever happen in the NBA, in NBA history and that was the Bulls like in the uh like in the nineteen ninety one through nineteen ninety three span, right? So they were about to become even more of like one of these these like most historic teams of all time. And really like ownership uh the owner like really wanted them to like keep winning with Michael Jordan because obviously like Jordan wasn't taking that shit, right? You you saw that in the eighty five, eighty six season when they won thirty games, he only played in like eighteen, he had the the minutes limit. And they like squeaked into the playoffs and then uh Kraus like pissed at the coach at the coach or whatnot. Like you like you see that and that's really like where I think you see like the roots like from where I don't know really how to word this, but like where like the rift between Jordan and uh, management really like began, really. Yeah. Okay. So like, like I'm all fair game for shitting on this guy because it is like before I like go into like how absurd it is that he wants to like break this dynasty up in the middle of this. Let's just uh, be kind of clear that this documentary is going to come out, and I'm pretty sure this guy's dead. So he's not going to yeah, be able died, to get a word in, in on this. Yeah, he's not going to be able to get a word in on this. So like before we get into that, let's let's try to play both sides a bit here. I, I do think like like his achievements as a GM were minimalized in the documentary at the say like for the sake of hyping up Jordan. Yeah, he traded and, up for Scottie Pippen. Like that's an all time yeah, move. They just completely neglect that. He signed they, they just, they just yeah. Say, uh, yeah. But but Rodney like Rodman. him saying to like Phil Jackson, even if you win eighty two games, this is your last season. That's kind yeah, of an that's... insane move. And I don't know why they just wanted to get rid of Phil Jackson that much. He's not even a player. He's a coach. He's like you could yeah, keep I, him forever. I, really so I don't know what that was. So why they wanted to kick him out. Okay, let's go. Let's go into this a bit. One thing I thought was like kind of emblematic of the times with this was Jordan saying like I'm not playing for another coach, and I think like nowadays that would never happen. Coaches come and go all the time for the sake of the star player being happy. And Jordan, you know, and, and Phil Jackson, they were just on that same wave, same wavelength. Even when they were filming inside the locker room, and Phil Jackson's talking to the team on ring night, you could see Jordan's getting like fired up hearing Phil Jackson talk to them about like the upcoming season. And I just don't think that happens anymore. No, the coaches aren't the, built the same, and definitely the players aren't on Michael Jordan level you see that yeah so phil jackson like in recent memory we remember him for fucking up the nick so badly but like this doc give us perspective like he was a fucking great coach he got mj on his side like you would never see lebron nowadays be like david blatt's my coach he's my guy like no yeah, that he's, not, he's not gonna be like it's vogel or i'm out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but to see the connection between the two is great and phil jackson like it just makes you think like how did he run the Knicks so poorly after seeing like how great of a coach he was Two words for that for that answer, uh, James Dolan. I don't even need to get more into that. No, I think you can. 
Nah, it's just it's just what Dolan. You, what do you think? What happened? Dol- Dolan's just like incompetent. Dolan used him as like a puppet kind, of, like a fate, like a scapegoat in a way, because he just like is just like running the team to shit. Like, do you think Francesca well, was a puppet? Was puppeting Dolan around? Dude, it was all. It's all Francesca's. It's all Francesca. It's like a human centipede of sorts. Francesca's hand up Dolan's ass, which is up Phil Jackson's ass, which is up Derek Fisher's ass. <laughs> Is that what no happened? Comment. No comment. Uh, uh, going for you know, I think Phil Jackson, like someone mentioned this in the chat earlier, uh, that he was just like disinterested working for the Knicks. I think he was just too old to do his job well, and I think that was a mistake, you know, on the Knicks. Like, if like I don't think it's his fault for necessarily taking that job. He thought he could still do it. Clearly, he couldn't. And uh, but like clearly, he's a very good like basketball. One, he's a good basketball mind. Two, I think even. For however good of a basketball mind he is, he's even better at like getting a team to play together. Oh. For him to be able to like control Scottie Pippen, like Scottie Pippen, like if this was a modern day thing, this would be like the biggest fucking deal of all time that he's making like a little over a like a little over two million dollars, like while being like a top five player. Yeah, I mean that last year, like that would have been an immediate shitstorm in today's game. You know, you know Phil Jackson's out the door, so his message is immediately it can't be as big as it is. Scottie Pippen's purposely having surgery to miss the year, he's demanding trades. And he kept that team together and was able to, like, let them ride the ship out. They went through some struggles, but then they end up, obviously, we know they'll win the championship. And, yeah, it just shows how he was able to galvanize a locker room to, I guess, believe his saying. Not only that, but, like, that when he requested the trade, it was November. And it says, like, and like he did play throughout the rest of the season. He said, oh, I'm never playing a game in a Bulls uniform. So not only was he able to, like, galvanize the team amidst the whole Scottie Pippen situation, but he was even able to, like, convince Scottie Pippen to, like, play out the rest of the season and miss for, like, a championship run where they ultimately, like, defended their title. Um, but, that. like, going back to going back to Phil Jackson, like, he is, like, in ter- I, he never really proved that he was a great like front office guy, right? All of his, all of his accolades were as a player. Even though he wasn't that great of a player, he did win two championships with the Knicks, um, and as a coach, where he's the only coach to actually have completed a three P, and he has eleven titles as a coach, right? So obviously, like in in the coaching area, like he it he's extremely successful, but like you see this a lot of times. Not it's not always like successful for coaches to succeed at in the front office well just speaking to phil jackson's greatness as a coach like i think it shows like it, it obviously had to be a very specific type of coach to work with michael jordan uh they show throughout the documentary i think uh like i like i've heard that they're gonna get to this more but like he's a fucking asshole to his teammates to like everyone involved he's like shitting on the gm and all that stuff he's he's like chewing out his teammates and all that and it takes a certain type of coach to not only be able to like wrangle him in but also like have him respect him and like i don't think michael jordan would be like respecting other coaches with someone with less like uh just someone with less accolades and, and less like gravitas behind every word they say well really that like that comes with michael jordan and phil jackson coming up at the same time right phil jackson never won anything as a coach before he before he, like he wasn't even a, a head coach for any team before he was a head coach with the Bulls, right? So they both came up together, like in that, like they were they like they ascended on their rise into like basketball immortality together, really. So it's gonna be great when like they get to the part of like when Jordan's like flying out to like Atlantic City and Vegas, like in between games and stuff like that. And yeah, just seeing yeah. the ref of the team like sees that it's gonna be pretty cool. Losing like seventy million oh. gambling. 
Yeah. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about the story. Um, his rookie year, where he said like he saw like all of his teammates and shit like doing lines, and he was like, "Nah, like, come on, come on." Yeah. So we, yeah. we know you're doing some story shit. very early about how you know good guy Michael Jordan after being the man at UNC, you know, hitting a game winning shot. He's a good guy. He said he'd never drink at that point. Like we, there's no at way, zero shot. I don't care how old he was. Like it was 18 back then too, right? No, it was like, yeah, it was like changing at the time. Like it, like yeah, it would like change all the time. Fucking sure. And then, and he walked to this room. With, there's hookers. There's blow. There's alcohol. There's drugs. And he's like, I'm out. And basically, everyone on that 80-84 team just they they're watching with their family. They just they're they're red. They don't know what to say to their kids who were just their father is out. It is just snorting lines and fucking hookers in the locker room. Like. It's just a tough scene, but there, yeah, there's no way, there's no way he wasn't a part of that at all. Um, going back to more of the story, like these first two episodes, while obviously it's all around Michael Jordan, we just talked about Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen. Um, you know, we've outed Scottie Pippen as someone we can't respect on this pod before for letting future take his life. But I gained respect for Scottie Pippen on this. You know, we get his full background. You know, he had to grind every step of the way. He had a shitty family life. His dad and brother were paralyzed. He was he was a six six foot one fifty going into college. You know we can all relate to that. Um, but he's like he's the Central Arkansas like manager, and he works his way to the team. And I don't know, it was a really good story. He never gave up, and I earn respect for him because in the beginning I texted like, yeah, I just can't look at this guy seriously. You know, he let future take his wife, but I I don't know. Was, I I earned a lot of respect for Scotty Pippen. Yeah, watching. Watching all the promotional material for, uh, like, for the last dance, you always like, oh, this is just gonna be like a bunch of like MJ worship, you know, in a move where like, to to a bigger point before I come back to this, like, this is a move by MJ to kind of protect his legacy from all like the LeBron truthers out there, because there are some people who you know like like they're similar to our age and they never really saw Michael Jordan play, including all of us, who right. probably like probably think like, oh, LeBron's the goat, LeBron's this, LeBron's that, and there's a lot of like misconceptions out there about Michael Jordan. And so, like, he's here to, like, disprove some of these. So I would have thought this documentary would have been talking a lot about, like, holy shit, Michael Jordan's the GOAT. It's all him. But to spend, like, essentially a whole episode talking about how great Scottie Pippen is with quotes of Michael Jordan. Like, I, I, I never won a title without Scottie Pippen. Talking about, like, how, like, important Scottie Pippen was for his success. I thought it was really, uh, really interesting. I mean, this is kind of going on uh, onto your point about them, like, potentially releasing this is, like, Oh, like MJ praise, like because of all like the people like our age that are like are starting to think, oh yeah, well LeBron's a goat or whatever because they never saw MJ. It came out that like that he finally agreed yeah. to to make yeah. this documentary right after uh, the Cavs won the title in 2016. So just just yeah, wanted to bring that he's up. He's setting records straight. He's a competitive guy. He wants to be remembered as the best. And this like this the ultimate effect of this is gonna just like bring that more and just shove it in everyone's face that MJ's the best. And we'll have to wait for like 30 years when that sick LeBron doc comes out. But getting back to Scotty. If Pippen, you fucking thought first take was bad with that debate, uh, oh now just, uh, answer. Oh my yeah, God. If you thought it was bad before, Dude, just wait till yeah. this week coming up. Oh yeah. I don't the even... NFL draft. They're just oh, no. going to ignore it. This whole uh, Monday zero shot. Uh, they're doing a sports center right now, just like going over the dock. Like that's yeah, it's, the- it's SVP though. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah SVP is the goat. No, that that Simmons and Russell Paul tomorrow is going to be. But back to Scottie Pippen, like 
a thing that they talk about a lot is that seven-year, $18 million deal he signed. Now, some people make him seem like the idiot. He is an idiot for signing that deal. Some are making the front office seem like the bad guys because they wouldn't give him a new deal. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on like who is in the right there? Because you are obligated to play out your contract, but at the same time, when you're that grossly underpaid, you'll usually see a restructure. So what do you guys think of like that deal in general? Um, I, I just think that it, it was just an unfortunate situation. You hear all the you hear every person's side of the story in it and everybody and everybody who like says like they all make sense why they did it at the time. Right. The move, even though people told uh, Scotty Pippen to not sign, the move made sense at the time. You had 12 people living like with him like at home right two of them are are like are, are in wheelchairs and bedridden for the rest of their li- lives right he had people that needs to take care of and he did say there's no guarantee that he would get like the money again even if it even though he even if he was not getting paid as much right now the, the thing that and then uh, the owner said i don't know if i would assign this but just know that once you sign a contract, I don't renegotiate, right? So the owner also made it clear that he doesn't renegotiate deals after it's made. So, and then, um, and then it's just an it's just an unfortunate situation that it had to happen like that. But also, like that's really where I stand. Yeah, I don't necessarily think anyone's really like at fault for this. Like I understand both sides. Obviously, from Scottie Pippen's perspective, he grew up uh, with not that much money. You know, he has all these people like that he has to look after. But from like the team standpoint, obviously, like he has a precedent set. Like I don't renegotiate contracts. As, like speaking about the owner, and he said like I, like once you sign this, like we're not coming back. But I think at the end of the day, when you you have the three P with them, you're on your way to a second one. And especially like if you know it's just going to be one year left with them, like like. A restructure in his contract wouldn't kill you. No, I think at the end of the day, he did he did a lot for the he did a lot for the city and a lot for the franchise. Yeah, and one thing about the owner is like he makes himself seem like the good guy in all the situations. Like one, he was saying how he wanted MJSF to stay. Well, why didn't he fire the GM? Like why did he keep him along? Scottie Pippen, like he could have he has the say at the end of the day. I think he ended up he made himself seem like he was the good guy in all this, and like he would blame the GM for certain things, and then praise himself at some parts. I don't know. I didn't like, yeah, like the restructuring contract. When you have a guy on such a grossly underpaid deal and you're winning championships, like I get that's your policy, but that's probably the best contract, like team-friendly deal of all time in any sport. And I think you can make an exception to just give him, make him happy. Like if he's not happy, you know, it's going to hurt the team. We obviously saw it did hurt the team because now there's this, there's a circus around the team. He's refusing to play. And I don't see why they couldn't have just restructured his deal. Yeah, I think that's another thing that was so, like, emblematic of the times. Like, if this happened today, the GM would just get fired. Yeah. And that'd be the end of it. Yeah, Yeah, so for, like, the players. Yeah, from the owner's perspective, like, allowing this to bubble for pretty much two seasons, like, that's a mistake on his part. He had to get somebody out of there. And I think the obvious choice would just be the GM. But, like, with all that being said, it does just really show how good this Bulls team, like, really was that they had to deal with this shit from the front office and from ownership for two for almost two full seasons right where they didn't know what their future was like you saw like in the beginning of the documentary they show like the clips of the 97 championship and it, and it kind of looks like they felt like it was their last time that they were going to be like that they were going to win right so i'm not like I, that was just kind of like it what it seemed like to me but obviously i'm like who am i to 
comment on like what they thought at the time, but still, um, like they never knew like when the, like their fu- like the future of the team. It was always up in the air because Jerry Krause like always wanted to rebuild, or and he always wanted to like make trades or whatever. That was until so. the last year when everyone mm-hmm. knew it was it. And then the last year when they made it clear, like, this is the last year, but they still had all this looming over their heads for two seasons and were still able to, like, compete at the highest level and win championships. Yeah. One thing I'll say where I thought someone was actually in the wrong, uh, like, Scottie Pippen being, like, outraged that uh, they, like, they took trade offers for him Yeah. Uh, during the offseason. Like, like, that's, like, such standard stuff. If a guy's on a contract, you, you, you can always look to, like, see what assets you can get for an expiring contract. I don't think it... Like, I understand that he's, like, this big part of the franchise and all that, but once they say, like, you're not going to be re-signed and you don't want to re-sign either, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think it's that, like, absurd where it's something where, like, you refuse to play because of it. It happens all the time. Yeah, that, that was kind of crazy how he was just, like, yelling on the bus at Jerry uh, Krause. Like, that's kind of... Like, you, you never see that nowadays, and uh, that's kind of a challenge move there. No, that, that was, like, something that you would see Barry tweet is, like, fake David Aldridge. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. The thing, the the scene where Michael Jordan like asked Jared if those are like diet pills or like pills to keep him short. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like that. That's <laughs> shit that you would see like on on like Twitter. Somebody making fun of like any GM or whatever, like making some fake quotes. Something that Law said earlier that they this first two parts didn't get into is like Michael Jordan's personality and his. It was very like pro Michael Jordan this part. There wasn't like any terrible teammate stuff or anything like that everything they said was generally good and i don't know something that i personally didn't love about it is like the back and forth style of how they cut from like high school college back to high school like last year in the league rookie year i don't know i like we were talking about this before cap we recorded like the non-linear progression is good i guess in the sense that we get all this context and stories but it can be hard to follow like you just like don't know where you are at certain points, and that was something I didn't like genuinely like love about the doc. Yeah, and I'd say like, like the cut it, everything they cut back to. I'd say everything they cut back to isn't even necessary for the doc. I think a lot of like the college and high school stuff is stuff of legend already, and I feel like the they should focus more on like the later part of this uh, Bulls dynasty. While like they do have ten episodes, so they have like a lot of time to fill. I feel like really not that much happened in the first two episodes of this. No. Like if you actually follow the like the last season of this dynasty like uh, forward, there's not really that much going on yet. Um, like going even though like we we all kind of agree like even myself included like that a lot of the college stuff like wasn't really necessary. It was still like like so odd to see like Jordan in college like that in that national championship yeah, yeah, and there yeah. wasn't and there wasn't a three point line. Like that was like I that was like the first thing I noticed when like they showed highlights like from his like freshman year of college that there wasn't a three point line. I don't know. I just thought that was like you were noticing just those so... dunks like all those sick dunks. <laughs> no, I was noticing the sick dunks, but like in the beginning when they're talking about his freshman year, right? His freshman year, he's not making all those like dunks that you'll see in the dunk contest, like that he does later, like in the beginning part of his uh, NBA career, right? You like yeah. When I, I didn't see, see the like, three point line, it just like floored me. Like a graphic. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't see it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, I almost turned it off. It, no, no, I didn't almost turn it but it just like. Nah, I did. I, I was outraged. It just looked weird. Terrible. Yeah, it, just, it, like, it just made me angry. Like, I started, like, like, be started yelling. You know what I mean? <laughs> some stuff. No, I mean, like, all the observation. We can, you can say. Like, did they need to show all this yet? Like, no, but 
they have eight and almost a half hours of like content. So I feel like they have to get the entire story out there. It'll help with the context in the end. But like the question that I have is when they do this doc, are they going to keep cutting back to the last year and throughout his career? Like they were talking about a second year is the next one going to be the third year. And then like the month of December of 1997, like, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, are they going to go through the whole first Pete as well throughout like the last year? Like that's something that I'm wondering for the future, how they're going to like do this. Well, I know next episode's the Rodman episode, oh. so I don't necessarily know like where they're going to be jumping to before that, but there's a lot to get to before yeah. you get to the last Bulls dynasty season. So uh, I would assume that they're not really going to progress much forward in, in this last season in next episode. Yeah. I, I really don't enjoy like this jumping back, like from events. Like I don't like how they, you know, I, I do like the introduction, I guess with the colleges, but then you go from like the eighties and then you go to the late nineties. Like, I don't know. It's, it, a little confusing. I hope that that's not the case for the most of the doc, but um, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I, I hope it really, I, I really enjoy like the Jerry Krause part, the ending of it, because the like them flopping through time, it's just, it's kind of confusing. It just, I feel like it takes away from the real controversy at the end, at the end with Jerry Krause. Uh, yeah, with the cutting back and forth, yeah, like it, it's going to take a little bit for us to really get forward in the season. Yeah, well, like, I mean, I think that's part of the plan when they have like, 10 episodes right like in a way i hope that this doesn't end up like tiger king where like they just kind of have too much too much like to talk about no like there's so much to talk about here like there's so much content tiger king i know there's i know i'm just i'm just comparing because that also like that went on like we all agree that had like one more episode than they should have i didn't hear anything good about watching the last one like i just didn't get to it so, yeah, and speaking to that, uh, when you think about what this documentary is built around, it's built around all this vault footage they have from that season, and they really haven't even gotten to any of that yet. Oh, yeah, you see a very little clip, yeah. like a one-minute Phil Jackson speech, like snippets of interviews and stuff like that. But, yeah, they have a whole season worth of content, unreleased footage that we've never seen. So, like, that's going to be prevalent in this. And I think that'll keep, like, the episodes from the end. Maybe the last two, like the last few will be – dying out because like we'll have a robin episode coming up that'll be fascinating but the end point like maybe when we're reaching the final conclusion they'll have this footage i feel like to keep us entertained and since like we've never seen it before i think it'll still i think the last few will still be of good quality because does does espn own all this like footage like all like the michael jordan owns it michael jordan owns it Uh, yeah yeah. or he's definitely getting the bag for this documentary he's definitely getting the bag yeah, I think he might be uh, rich. Like, I think that's he's probably rich after this. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, he he he'll probably NBA just owner. make break a billion dollars after this. Yeah, but so like how this worked, Chester went into a little bit earlier. Like, all this footage was his and stuff like that, and he just sat on it for years. It was locked away, and then on the day of the Cavs championship parade, he was like, "Yo, let's let's make it. Let's let's get this out there." So like that could be Jeez, a parallel to trying to like one up LeBron. But yeah, I mean, we're not complaining right now. What else is there to do besides like watch this? The whole sports world was watching. Twitter was electric for this. This is the first time Twitter was really popping since the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think sports getting canceled. Yeah, you gotta love the trend on Twitter of just talking about how uh, Michael Jordan's mom's a total fox. You just gotta love that. You gotta love that catching yeah, on. She's a, bit. a rocket. She's a rocket. Yep. Did you hit that office? So she's no seventy-eight and she looks younger than him. Crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, the booze had really got to MJ in the Krause, recent years. Krause is just the, the, the red in his Baskin. eyes. Krause is going to be the next Carol Baskin. Yeah, no doubt about it. She's definitely going to be getting fried. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, like a lot of this stuff's going to catch on. It's going to become, like, this massive cultural thing, and uh, we still have, what, eight episodes left? So, yeah. Uh, gotta, I thought it was pretty it's good. It's, it's only going to get good. Some good shit. Yeah, no, I can't wait. And I think at the end of the day, like, this whole thing is to just remind us how great of a player Michael Jordan was. And for us, like, we can hear all this shit online, but I think this is especially cool for our generation because this is our first time seeing it. Like, I didn't know the bull, like, they showed when he, first of all, they made the playoffs at 30 and 52. Like, they talk about the East being weak nowadays. Like, the Knicks would be a playoff team, like, decently if they could make it at 30 and 52. Like, that was crazy that they made it at that. Yeah, but I also think them showing that and then them showing the series kind of like I think there's a lot of arguments made by people now about Michael Jordan that like just probably aren't true. They say all this stuff about like, oh no, no, LeBron's record in the finals is this bad because he was carrying all these terrible themes. Well, if you look at this, Michael Jordan carried like a 31 team into the playoffs, and that playoff series was competitive. Yeah. He was winging that team. He dropped 63 in the second game of the series, and they still lose. So this idea that like, oh, when Michael Jordan wasn't in the finals, he was just getting fucking like stepped on in the playoffs yeah. in year two coming off an injury he does this i mean that just shows really like the greatness and i think like like the debate from both sides there's a lot of, like just like ridiculous arguments for both sides but what that one from the lebron side like the lebron side the argument really gets criticized especially now because like there's so many people on twitter and stuff that feel this way but like there's just a lot of like bullshit going around and i think that like just in like the first two episodes they disproved a good amount of that yeah, no, just, like, the amount of people on Twitter that now, like, are just going to keep arguing about LeBron versus MJ. Like, it, it's really just pissing me off. Like, why can't we just, like, have this, yeah, like, five-week span to just, like, enjoy this documentary series about who's likely the because greatest Twitter, basketball player Twitter. of all time? Do you expect Twitter to appreciate something? No, I mean, the only time where everybody, like, got together really was, like, when Kobe died. In, in like in NBA, in terms of NBA Twitter, right, was when Kobe died, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, we're never, we're just gonna never like compare them and appreciate greatness or whatever." And then you see them all back at each other's necks. It's just kind of funny to see that. People, people forget that blue check mark when Kobe died that like said we shouldn't feel bad because he's a rapist. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Kobe's great Twitter versus Kobe was a rapist Twitter versus like I don't know, looking the records Twitter. Yeah. Some some people forget Laker Dan night before. <laughs> That was insane. Insane. Yeah. That's something you'll forget let's about. Back, let's get back to this a, uh, a bit. Yeah, I think it's it's like they're doing a good job of kind of like doing the MJ worship a bit, but they are keeping it like relatively fair. Like set, they're, they're being just like, I think like pretty objective with what's going on here. That footage is going to show at some point like how much of a fucking dick he is. And uh, I think they're going to show a lot of that. Uh, MJ's not really, he's, he's, I don't think he wants to hold anything back at this point. I think he, he just wants to, you know, show what really happens. And I think in the first two episodes, especially that playoff series against Boston, it just shows like the competitive edge he had in only his second year in the league. Yeah. Once, once that, uh, once that glass on his, uh, little stand in the interview gets, uh, emptier and emptier, we'll, we'll get some better information. He starts ripping through that, that whiskey on that whiskey on the rocks. We'll see what happens. And yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about, Loft. Like that Celtic series, like, I I know like obviously he didn't get to the finals as much as LeBron and you, know, I, you don't really know the context of why like he absolutely carried that team he dropped sixty three and they lost and that's stuff we don't hear as often you know it's just good to it's refreshing to get this new context for someone who's not like I don't consider we're not all like NBA historians especially us we're football guys we know we're Yankees we're yep. baseball guys so to just like get this backstory on like a good 
a peak NBA time. You know, this is, I wish I watched basketball in the nineties, not this garbage that's going on now. Like it just seems like a all, you to, all you have to do is look at the ratings. All of the uh, MJ finals are the highest rated finals. Like forever, like great, like and like culturally relevant. We think LeBron is his aren't even like really close. I mean, yeah, like, they were, all... yeah, they're hyping up MJ as the most like famous person on the planet. Like he was getting introduced as that. Yeah, I feel yeah. I feel bad for that for that French guy that just kind of got rejected for yeah. that autograph. Reminds you, the, the footage that like was in like these first two documentaries, like they're awesome. I I think as you said, Greg, we're gonna see more of it. I think that's what's gonna make this documentary just be like amazing. Yeah, they yeah, can't. Like, they, they can't. Jordan like, just like denying that guy. That was pretty insane. You mentioned earlier, like you can't wait for the LeBron documentary thirty years from now. It will never be like this because LeBron's yeah. whole life now is broadcasted on social media, all this stuff. Like most of the stuff we'd want to know about LeBron, we'd know. And I think this is like like the mystique of MJ is something that really helps him in the debate. Like MJ was this like world famous figure, but no one really knew that much about him. Like the whole like gambling stuff and all that, like pe- that didn't even come out till after his career. If and LeBron had if LeBron had skeletons in his closet like this, like everyone would know it. It'd be a huge like national uh, story. So for like this stuff to finally be like like in like his actual personality to be like to be being revealed like this like this much later than when his career ended is really gonna uh like like yeah, cause I, a lot of debate about him that wasn't a social like the social media context nowadays we'd never have unreleased footage like that like yeah. guys just take out their phone and a video gets uploaded to twitter but yeah with this 90 bulls are on jordan is a mysterious figure like we know as much as we know but like we we know that we don't know the full story with him yeah the gambling stuff just came out I'm fascinated to see how much they reveal about his life while not on the court during the NBA because we know all LeBron's habits, what he does, where he is at all times in the day because his life's documented on social media. But with MJ, it's mysterious, and that's, I think, the best part of the stock. So, yeah, like the LeBron one won't be as good, obviously, because of the age we live in. I think that like out of any team or person, like – where they would have like a documentary like this, where we would get like unseen footage or something that would be so so cool to see. It would be like the 2018 New England Patriots. But the thing is, like they still released the footage. If they still like kept all this like extra footage or whatever, and then talked about that year where like you did have like the Brady Belichick conflict and whatever. Like that's kind of at the, its peak, and it's like the last year that they win the title and everything. I think that's and because Belichick is also like this guy that like is very mysterious and doesn't really reveal much about him. I think like that would be another that would be the closest thing we could get to it. But the thing is like they're nowhere even close to each other like in terms of like their cultural um, like marketability and everything. Yeah, I, th- I think Brady's the only guy that's like anything close to this. Brady still does have that mystique about him, and like I know, we're, like like every episode we end up talking about Brady, but uh, like Brady does have that mystique about him, and he is still like culturally relevant where no one really knows anything like about who he really is. And it seems to me like MJ was the same way in the in the '90s, and so this is really just like an unprecedented look at uh, who he like really is, and uh, it's it's gonna be like crazy to see this unfold in the next eight episodes. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so overall, I think we all liked it. We're, we were hyped for it because what's the last thing that we all got on our TV and watched? You know, maybe Coach Doug's in the Fiesta Bowl, but for real, like this is this was it. This is live, and it's awesome to get. So, what were you guys just? We'll do final impressions from the doc. Everyone. Uh, overall, you know, obviously it was 
the first two episodes were a little bit of an introduction, which I thought would be, but I still really enjoyed like the raw footage they had in the like the Jerry Crossing. So yeah, I'm really excited for the next uh, eight episodes. It should be a good one. Yeah, the first two episodes, I think the MJ LeBron debate is about to get a lot more interesting, and um, uh, it, it's really going to heat up here. I can't wait for the next thing. Um, I'm I'm just like excited to see both like the Dennis Rodman episode and then them talk more about like the Jordan rules in the like, the late in the late '80s, early '90s because they're going to have to touch on those with the with the battles against the Pistons and whatnot. So I'm excited to to see see those. Uh, episodes also like the first kobe appearance that we're gonna see because you did see in the promo they had in december or whatnot like they they had like obama we already saw him speak and they had david stern who also died in january you saw former him chicago speak. resident barack obama yeah for, yeah former chicago resident barack obama so waiting like when we see when we see like the dennis rodman episode because they're gonna have to touch like on him a lot but also like them talking about the Jordan rules and like when we finally see Kobe, those are like the three things that I'm most excited to to hear about. Yeah, I, I really like the documentary. I think it's gonna be interesting to see like where it unfolds. Like obviously we know the full story, like most part, but it's still gonna be very interesting to see like all the background film and stuff like that. I think it's gonna be a really good doc. Yeah, so I guess I'll go last and we'll end this up. So overall, you know, it was great. I'm looking forward so much to the lot next eight. I know we were talking before Cap, like if they came out with all 10 tonight, I'd be game. Like, I would just grind through these, you know, binge them. They're getting uploaded to Netflix, I think, at, like, 3 a.m. Eastern time. So, like, I think um, in the future, maybe go back in, like, 20 years and watch these all like that. So, I just can't wait for the next eight. There's so much that I don't know about this. And I'm just – I'm excited to learn all this, see this unseen footage with the rest of the world. So, yeah, uh, that's our Jordan Doc review. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back. We have some huge things this week, obviously. Uh, we got a big-time interview coming up. We'll release that shortly. Um, we got some draft coverage. We'll do. We'll have some fun stuff there. We'll live stream. We'll give our reactions after. So, yeah, you know, we're on the way to the top. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace. God bless America.